welcome to the Making Midlife Matter podcast, a podcast for women who want to live their best life in the midst of this midlife chapter. I'm your host, I'm Peggy Hames, and I am a minister and a counselor and a writer, and I'm delighted to bring you this podcast every week. Today, we're talking about how to deal with the loss of friends. It's one of those pieces that comes along with the midlife package. Sometimes it comes along as our friends die, and we have to say goodbye in that way. Sometimes something just happens with the friendship, and we have to say goodbye in other ways. And it can all be tremendously painful and hard. So I want to talk some about that today. Yeah, I've been thinking the last couple of days, thinking a lot about friendship and the the power of friends in our lives. I just made a quick trip out of town to see a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, a friend I, I dearly love. Um, she's old enough to be my mother, but we call each other sisters, and she lives in Norway now, so getting together takes some doing. Uh, but I just, I looked forward so much to, to being able to be there as, and as she looked forward to my coming. And then we spent the better part of, of a couple of days just sitting on the sofa and talking. And I was reminded again of what a glorious gift that is. I mean, what a grace-filled gift that is to share the journey with friends. Increasingly, in midlife, we find ourselves losing some of those friends. First of all, I'll talk for a minute about dealing with the death of a friend, which is, I think, one of those griefs that gets really underrepresented. We don't pay enough attention to it. The thing is, is that the friend you lose may have been as close to you as family. You know, they may have supported you through thick and through thin. They may have been the the person who was there. You know, when I was a little kid, we lived on a cul-de-sac on the circle, and the woman who lived across the circle from us was that kind of friend for my mom. That, you know, if there was an emergency, yes, I can go pick up your kids. Um, when my uncle died and I was a preschooler, I stayed with them. I stayed with these neighbors while the rest of my family went out of state for the funeral. The the kind of, of friends you can depend on. Sometimes these friends have been formed over years and years. You know, the kinds of friends that you raised families together. You you all helped each other raise your kids. Or you just, you walked the journey together of being young adults and launching into life and dealing with issues about careers and choices and relationships and all of the ups and downs and this has been the person that you can meet for 
a cup of coffee or or a dinner and just catch up and you always knew it was going to be good. And then this person dies. It it may have been a not unexpected death. You know, they may have been dealing with a a long illness or it may be horribly sudden, but suddenly they are not there in your life anymore. And you feel this this huge hole. Yeah, there's this big empty space. But here's the thing, because they are not technically family, you don't have anybody bringing you a casserole. In fact, if anything, you are probably the one bringing casseroles and, and deli plates and everything else to your friend's family. But folks don't think about reaching out to you to say, hey, how you doing? I'm so sorry. Tell me about what this person meant in your life. You know, even though you may have a dozen friends, nobody is going to be exactly that friend to you. You know, this this friend I went and visited over the last couple of days is she's 88 now and it's she's amazing I mean she's still cross-country skis and she bikes across different European countries every year and um, I think last year they were in Lithuania so I mean she's amazing and active but you know what she's 88 and and so we know that the time's not going to stretch out forever. And we were able to talk really openly about that. And when that time does come, if it comes for her first, I know there will never be anybody else who filled exactly that space in my life, even though I am blessed with amazing friends. So, when you when you lose a close friend, you have to kind of take the grieving on for yourself. You have to be kind of proactive with your grieving. You're not probably not going to be standing in the in the line at the funeral home for folks to come up to you. So you have to take some initiative. Maybe hopefully you were a part of a circle of friends and you can get together and you know spend an evening or dinner gather together and and celebrate this person's life and talk about what their friendship meant to them remember the really great times in the friendship kind of create your own wake Um, and those can be really powerful and even healing experiences. You know, one of the ways that we process our grief is by telling stories. So if a dear friend of yours has died, look for those places where you can tell the stories of what they meant to you. Um, it's one of the things I do with clients from time to time is to ask them, tell me, tell me about your friend. Tell me what you missed. Tell me what they meant to you. 
there's another tool that that I recommend a whole lot because it's really really powerful and that is doing letter writing now obviously this is a letter you're not going to send because your friend is no longer here but you can write them and you can write them as many times as you need to you can write them a, a letter of appreciation and gratitude of I am so grateful you're in my life thank you for these things that you you gave to me and brought to me you can write a letter about how much you're missing them and in those times you don't have to do it just once you can do it like if you're having one of those days where you think oh man i really wish i could just sit down and talk to sue about this or sit down and write sue that letter to tell her what you wish you could talk to her about. There is something that happens in our brains when we write something down on paper. There's something transformative that happens that, that doesn't happen if we just type it out on a keyboard. There's something about the action of writing. So if you are able to do it, write it by hand and just write to your friend. Look for those ways to remember your friend. Um, I have on my, uh, in my kitchen window, there's a, a tiny little, not tiny figurine, but there's a figurine little statue of the um, Dobby character from Harry Potter, um, the house elf. And I really treasure that because that belonged to a friend of mine. And when she died, her partner sent it to me because I had written an article many years ago about how we we were like Dobby, the house elf. And every time I look at that, I, I treasure it because it reminds me of my friend. So look for those things that can be remembrances for you. And allow yourself to grieve and don't Shame yourself if your grief is more powerful, if it hits you harder than it's hit for losing members of your family. You know, you may feel the the death of a friend much more deeply than you feel the death of an uncle or an aunt, but it's because that friend was more intimately involved in your life, especially at this point in your life and more a part of the fabric of your days and weeks and months. And so their absence is that much more painful. So, yeah, that's that's not the unexpected thing. We, we don't like it and we don't want it, but we know that, that sometimes people die far too soon. Or sometimes we... Like my friend, we, we have friends who are much older, and so we know that that time is going to come with them. But here's the other thing that can happen. It, it can happen at any time in our life, but it can especially happen at midlife, and that is when a friendship breaks up. And, and this can be tremendously painful in, in a different way than a death. It happens when you start realizing that the connections aren't the same anymore. 
Now, I firmly believe that there are people in our lives who are friends for a season, and that's okay. That doesn't mean anybody has done anything wrong. It just means that for that season of our lives, we needed that person as a really good friend. And as time has gone on, we've kind of gone our separate ways. But there's a, a different kind of breakup that when you have been really close friends with someone and for whatever reason, it, it's not working anymore. And I'm not talking about when, you know, you just have an argument and you got to work through that. But, but fundamental things can shift in midlife. For example... Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier in Advent was, you know, this idea of losing my religion. That, and this is an issue for you. I invite you to go back and listen to that episode. But that we we start re-examining things and we start asking questions, and we start reevaluating our faith. And and sometimes we can make really significant shifts. And what can happen is that we can have friends who are not making those shifts for whatever reason. And the fact that we are making them makes them very fearful. You know, they they double down on their set of beliefs and they try to bring us back into the fold. And, you know, what's wrong with you? And, And you are leaving the faith and... Aren't you scared? You know, you're turning your back on God. Sometimes we can get a lot of pressure from these people to the point that we just have to separate ourselves. Sometimes we make changes in other parts of our lives. You know, you you may have been in a very traditional role of, of being a spouse, of raising children, and then you hit midlife and you realize, okay, this is this is my time. This is the time where I get to bloom. And sometimes the best friends are the ones who cheer us on. But other times people try to shame us and, and keep us in the same place. You know, we get the message one way or another, who do you think you are? Because, of course, when we start allowing ourselves to bloom and to change and to to grow into a greater fullness of who we are, that serves as an example to the other people in our lives that, yes, this is possible. And they may not be there, and they may resent you doing that. They may not be okay with that. And so you can find the friendship fraying. Uh, Sometimes the, the friendship breaks up because as we get clearer in our lives, we realize that we don't really want to tolerate some things anymore, that there were some patterns in this friendship that are, are really not okay. You know, I had that happen one time. It it's been years ago now, but as I I healed 
more and more of my own self and as I really became intentional about self-development, about growing as a person and getting healthier and healthier in the way that I related to people, I, I realized this friendship that had been like super important to me, that there was really some, some toxic elements to it and some things that really weren't good. So at that point, you have a choice. You can either talk with your friend about what you're noticing. It's okay, you know, I'm seeing this pattern, and, and I don't think it's a really great one. And to open the door where they can accept and, and you can create a different kind of friendship. Or they may push back on that. They may not accept it. They may say, I don't know what you're talking about. They may double down on that toxic pattern to to try to solidify it even more. And you realize that at that point, you have to make a choice that you have to care for your own life more than you care for this friendship. And, and there's a loss and a grief in that. And even if it's something that you choose, there's still a loss and a grief in that. And that's okay, and, and that's normal. You know, sometimes, excuse me, sometimes we can get into to friendships that are really codependent and, and not very healthy. And as we get healthier, we can't continue those same patterns. So any kind of change brings with it a grief, even if it's a healthy change, even if it's a change that we're seeking out and we want, there's still something that we're leaving. All of which makes me think of the, the wonderful Mary Oliver poem, which was actually my first introduction to Mary Oliver's work when, um, when someone who later became a friend to me um, shared this in a workshop. And it's called The Journey. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Sometimes in midlife, that whole journey that she writes about gets really clear to us. And even though friends may grab at our ankles and say, no, wait, you can't do that. 
That's not, that's not how it goes. That's not how our friendship is written. You have to stay right here. You have to stay in this place. At midlife, we start hearing that, that calling that calls us on the journey to become fully ourselves. When you have friends who can walk that journey with you or who can support you as you walk it, that's a gift. That's an enormous gift. And if walking the journey means sometimes you have to leave friends who used to be very, very good friends, sometimes that's what we have to do. So as I talked uh, last week about acknowledging the blessing of something before you let it go, this is a great example of that. You can acknowledge whatever blessing that friendship gave to you and then let it go. Thanks for joining me today with this. Listen, I've got a new thing going now. It's called Monday Morning Manna. And every Monday morning, I'm sending out an email that um, tells some story. I like to tell stories. You may have caught on to that. But, but share some story, usually from my life. But shares a story and then something you can do with that. Some little tidbit or... Um, thing to think about or thing to do. This is not a Monday morning change your entire life and turn it upside down email. This is, here is one thing to think about this week. Um, this is something that I started uh, in, in a little bit different form at the hospital where I work. And it has like, just grown and grown and people look forward to it. I mean, I've got nurses who are looking forward to Mondays and coming back to work so they can read it. And and it's been really cool to see it just take off. So I wanted to offer it to you guys in a little bit different format. So anyway, if if you want to receive Monday Morning Manna and you're not already doing that, go to Heart Callings and heartcallings.com and click on the link for it and sign up and you can have me showing up in your inbox on Monday morning and uh, and also I'll be back here next weekend so until then take care